You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded World Junior Championship Edition. I'm here with Hari Kalakesh from Locked On, all the other shitty teams' um, prospects, and of course, when it's the Montreal prospects, it's the best podcast in the world, just so you of know. Of course. <laughs> Listen to it because uh, the insights that Hadi provide is fantastic. Of course, he's, you also find him on Absent Minded and on Habs Eyes on the Price. Uh, we're just going to jump straight into it, Hadi. How are you? Are you looking I'm forward d- to Christmas and will you eat too much? Uh, eat too much? I'm not sure. Uh, the family's a bit scattered for Christmas. My dad's in Lebanon. My mom's overseas. Um, so probably going to be spending it with my girlfriend, um, you know, making some fun little uh, gingerbread houses and, and exchanging gifts and all that. But it's going to be a fun time. Um, but, I, you know, the holidays are always great. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll have an opportunity to take a little break from the podcast and just really focus on, uh, you know, my, my personal life and, and getting that in order. I'm seeing my friends tonight. Uh, you know, everyone's a bit more free around the holidays, so it's mm-hmm. easier to make plans. And people coming home, so you get to see any of them if they're far away as well. So Of course, absolutely. There is that. Yeah. Um, also, with the holidays, again, and not some time in August, uh, the <laughs> World Junior Championship starts. And uh, I'm bringing you on to talk about some of the prospects that are on the rosters and especially maybe the prospect. What should our listeners, who should our listeners look at um, for the 2023 draft? Because hopefully there will be three first round picks for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, because it would be really, really uh, interesting, and uh, obviously, I know wh- whom I'm looking at, maybe from 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 the Swedish team. But uh, mm-hmm. it's always good to see and hear what you think about the prospects. And uh, we're going to go from the bottom of the bracket, more or less, and and just go um, Latvia, tough position really for for the team. Um, have had a, 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 a close relationship with Russia through many, many years, but now starting to break free and bringing up their youth talent themselves. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you see in that team, really? Well, I don't think there's enough firepower on that team to do a lot of damage, but I think that, you know, the the, the mid-round picks that were picked up in 2022, um, you know, including Dan Slokmelis, who's probably the guy I'll be looking at as the main um, main player at this tournament. He's been having a good season at the J20 level, um, and he's going to be playing uh, pretty much top limit, top minutes for Latvia this uh, this upcoming tournament. Um, he's a Boston Bruins prospect, uh, fourth round, 119th overall. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him. Uh, his skating's really good. He he uses his skating and transition really efficiently. Um, a good puck protector. Uh, I, I like the way that he sees space in the offensive zone. Um, but I, I think that Latvia is going to struggle a lot because they don't have the firepower, you know, of, you know, there's at least six, if not seven teams that have more offensive and defensive uh, acumen in this tournament than they do. So it's going to be hard for them to sort of rack up points. Another team that will struggle most, more, mostly because their star player isn't going, focusing on, on his uh, pro team, focusing on getting ready for the NHL next year and focusing on uh, the World Championship for men uh, mm-hmm. later on in 2023 is, is Aus- uh, Austria. Um, Marco Casper isn't going, but on the other hand, we got harder, faster and roarer 
Absolutely. in there for for Montreal. Um, is that the player you want to watch, or is there other players that are popping up? I'm definitely keeping my eye on uh, Vincent Zora in this tournament. I think the 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 upgrades to his game in the offseason have been really useful. You know, he's always been that sort of punishing um, physical type of, of forechecker despite his size. Uh, he's he's always been the type of guy to, to, to go head first into corners and come away with the puck nine times out of ten. So um, he's one guy I've, I've got my eye on. But the other guy I've got my eye on for Austria is their, uh, probably their top pairing defenseman in uh, David Reinbacher. Um, he has 14 points in 28 games so far in the Swiss National League as an 18-year-old. He's eligible for the 2023 draft. And um, I just recently came off a call uh, with uh, the Dauber Prospect scouting team where we evaluated different prospects from different leagues. And um, my uh, my colleagues who look um, over the international uh, inter- European leagues, apart from Sweden and Finland, because we got specific guys for that, they had um raving reports on uh Reinbacher. I think that you know so far he's in our late first round. Um so he's not a guy who's talked about enough in our opinion. Um he has a potential to be a top four defenseman. He's got that physical element. He's really good defensively, but he also has some untapped offensive upside. So um he's one guy who I think is going to impress a lot of people at this tournament and see his his draft stock rise, you know, post tournament. Were you listening to Thomas Rost speaking with me earlier today? Nope, I would not. <laughs> it was his pick as well, obviously. Yeah. And uh, um, well, he, he he raved about him, and you might want to listen to that segment uh, down the line as well. He also we'll predicted uh, Orshkan, the uh, goalie born tw- twenty oh five, as mm-hmm. one to look for if he gets any minute because uh, he's probably the best goalie of the three. Wow, good to know. Um, looking for looking more over Germany doesn't really have the the. Uh, the team that they had a couple of years ago, they're uh, between generations in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, any players that stick out for you there? Uh, apart from Julian Lutz, not much. Uh, Lutz was a second-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he, he's got a very pro-ready game already. As in, He's still 18. You know, he, only, he only turns 19 in February, so um, he's going to be eligible for next uh, World Juniors as well. He's got a big body, uses it really well. Um, other than that, though, it's pretty it's pretty slim pickings on on uh, Germany's rosters. There's there's Bennett Rossmi, who I like a bit, but uh, he went undrafted last year, and um, I'm you know it'll be interesting to see how his games progress since because last time I watched him was uh, late last year. Uh, I haven't been able to pick up any new games of him, so I'm interested to see if he's added anything to his game. I think this tournament's a good uh, a good place to sort of look at that. And then we have Switzerland. Not a very good year for, for them either, generation-wise. But uh, next year seems to be a, a, a really, really good year for them to come out. Obviously, and, and people that listens to the pod know that I'm not a huge fan of Bechel. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, he's probably the guy to look at as well, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's the main guy on their team who's going to be uh, who's going to have all the the scouts' eyes on him because again, Switzerland's another team that doesn't have much to offer up, apart from him. So, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of of Bixell either. I especially in that preseason game against Canada that 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 just happened a couple of days ago. Uh, I had a difficulty trying to understand what Bixell thinks his ticket is going to be to the NHL. I feel like he's trying different things. He's trying to explore different areas of his game, but it's not really purposeful um, in his case. So, you know, there were situations where he was activating offensively and then changing his mind at the last minute. He would sort of back up and and man the blue line instead of sort of going deeper in. 
Um, he would circle back a lot, just not not too sure of what to do in the offensive zone. And defensively, I think he's trying to play that physical um, sort of defensive defenseman style, you know, because of his size and his weight. But, uh, you know, he, he ended up taking a penalty. He ended up, you know, missing assignments. So he was kind of all over the place in that you know, that game against Canada. But, you know, it's Canada, so you can't really blame him too much. I think he's got a lot of runway for potential um, to, to, to grow. And especially with, with defensemen of that size, usually they take a couple more years to develop uh, and, and find their offensive game. Um, you know, they usually have the defensive sort of rudimentaries down, but it takes a while to develop that offensive side. For me, it's always down to his hockey IQ. I, I yeah. You mentioned he taking a stupid penalty. It sounds... Uh, in, in between the lines when you say it uh, and that's that's the biggest part that I don't like with him uh, he, he takes these stupid penalties he's lying behind in SHL he's trying to become more of a as you say stay at home defender and it's worked pretty well but every now and then he, he jumps in and he does something stupid um, do you think the problem this year in World Juniors for him might be that he tries to do too much Absolutely. Um, he he might sort of try to put the team on his back and and do everything, and I think that that is not the style of play that he he sort of favors. Uh, now the the thing with Bixell is, you've got a player who has limited offensive potential, but tries to do too much mentally. So. You know he's going to try these things. He's going to activate. He's going to push the the, the, the zone, but um, it's going to probably lack purpose and it's going to limit his game. These are the bottom teams, really, in 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 the tournament. We we all know that, and we don't know how to rank them really individually. Um, mm-hmm. Austria might be the, the the toughest break for them, and it would be tough for them going out because of of having their superstar uh, going out. And I joked with you, and I've joked with with Thomas Rost as well that um, every team would miss Marco Casper, probably even Canada. Oh, absolutely. Sorry about that. <laughs> something caught in my throat yeah. uh absolutely uh i think that marco casper is you know solidifying himself as a top 10 talent from the 2022 draft he's making um detroit look less and less ridiculous about taking a shot at him that high um i don't want to know i, I don't want to push this but someone in our staff said that detroit would pick him at eight I, I, I wonder who that is. <laughs> I'm curious to know who that would be. Uh, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right about him. Um, you know, he he's got those pro elements that give him a safe sort of baseline as a potential third line center. But he's developing offensive tools that no one saw out of him. Um, actually, wrong again. I mean, you saw them. Definitely. No, because actually, that was the question that was on everyone's mind and asking. Um, the coaches in Rugland, they said he, he got the tools. He just have, doesn't have the confidence to show them yet. But he has a good shot. He has some good skills. And now we're seeing this year. So, yep. so uh, it was very obvious at the end of the year um, yeah. for Rugland, in my opinion. It sort of he sort of came out of his shell and started sort of showcasing a bit more of his transition potential. Um, started using his feet a lot more, using his hands a lot more, uh, and relying on that rather than sort of playing it safe. He would mm-hmm. sort of try daring things every every shift. But what's interesting to me is it's it's a willing decision from Austria to to leave him out of the lineup and um, focus on the the elements that they have right now because they know that Casper has potential to uh, be a leader at their professional level, and that's that's so promising to me. Uh, when, when a team is already sort of looking at him as an option uh, for their pro team when he's just fresh out of his draft year, 
um, that that speaks to his maturity in his game, and it also speaks to the fact that he's got some upside to him as well. Indeed. Um, the next segment of, of, of this tournament really is um, the the Czechs and the Slovaks, and, and it's difficult to, to face them out. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously the Slovaks missing Slavkovsky, a tough break as well. They're mm-hmm. not they're probably not going to be relegated for it though. So that's 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 their, their benefits. Yeah. Um the Czechs though, if we start there, what can you tell us? Because their offense is the biggest weakness on that team, and and who do you think can can score the goals for them? Well, it's tough for Czechia. Um, I don't think they have the the highest end sort of upside um, in their uh, in their pipeline in terms of the World Juniors. It's going to be sort of tough to determine who's going to be the the top end. Um, you know, there's not not much difference between their first and their fourth line, in my opinion, in terms of offensive uh, offensive players. Uh, but if you look right here, they've got the likes of um, I think Martin Rosavi might be one who who sort of stands out of the bunch. Yuri Kulich. Almost definitely, um, Matias Sapovalov could be another one who I think has that that upside to, to be their t- one of the top line players. But uh, for me, a big sleeper in this tournament would be Peter Hauser, uh, right winger. He was drafted by the uh, Detroit Red Wings in the mid rounds. Uh, he's he impressed me in his draft year, but he's actually grown his game in small uh, increments since then, and it's been really impressive to see him go about it. He's playing second division Czech hockey, and. You know, he's just been very, very impressive using his size really well, you know, crashing the net, uh, working hard off the puck, and he's got a decent amount of puck skills. So that's one guy I would look at as sort of a sleeper, but I think the top line will be something like Coolidge, Rasavi, and Sapovalov in, in any order on that first line. We'll be right back after these messages. Looking at the Slovaks, obviously we have Felip Mašar there, um, mm-hmm. someone to watch. Um and, and obviously in the Czech and, and, and the Slovak team we also have Nemec and Yuri Czech. Um, so so th- there are some really good prospects. But um, who, who's going to do it for, Slo- for, for Slovakia? I think Meshar is going to be there. You know, he's one of their top three prospects, in my opinion, at this uh, at this World Juniors tournament. Um, you know, he's going to be working well with his teammates. He He's going to display the fact that he's got pro habits already as, as a rookie uh, in the OHL. Um, he's going to sort of apply that really well. I think him and Adam Shakora are probably the two guys that I would look at as um, the, the wingers to Servak Petrovsky on that top line. Uh, I think those three are going to be the main guys. Uh, rather, Dalibor Dvorsky um, at, at the top line, uh, I should mention. Dvorsky would mm-hmm. probably be the main guy that I would look at as the top prospect at uh, on the Slovak team. Uh, but if you put together a line of, of Shikora, Dvorsky, and Meshar, you've got one incredibly good defensive forward in Shikora. You've got a great sharpshooter in Dvorsky. Then you've got a, a playmaking and transition monster in Philip Meshar. That's a very complimentary line, in my opinion. Uh, those three would probably work really, really well off each other. So um, I, I think that if you pair Meshar with Dvorsky, you might you might see some some sparks there. I think that's a really good combination. Then he just adds a quarter to that, and you've got just a tremendous top line. Outside of that, though, they do have Sturvak Petrovsky. They have Adam Zelinka. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of Alex Chernik, um, a fan of Samuel Honzek, especially. They've got a lot of draft eligibles in, in this lineup, so it's a pretty long young lineup for them. Uh, one guy I would look at as sort of a sleeper would probably be Martin Mishak. He's not talked about enough, in my opinion. He's playing in, in the Slovak Top League as a draft eligible and doing really good things defensively and in terms of his playmaking. Um, doesn't have that good of a shot, but he he could be worth a third round pick in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, who was that again? Strabak. 
Uh, sorry, uh, Martin Mishiak. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And Strabag is, is uh, 2005, though, uh, along with Jay and no, no yeah. one else. Um, yeah. Any of those that we should keep an eye on? I mean, being with the USHL is, is pretty damn good for, for a solo kid at 17. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Sturbeck, um, you know, I wouldn't put him in the in the first or second round conversation. There are some lackings in this game, and and he does need to develop um, more of an on puck game. He tends to take shots from his stance still at the point. Doesn't really make advanced reads. Uh, but I really like his defensive game. He's really responsible. Uh, and on top of that, he he does have a, a good playmaking touch when he does lift his eyes and and sort of scan the ice. Um, Frantisek Day, I haven't watched enough of, but in the game or two that I've watched of him. Uh, I've, I've been pretty impressed with uh, his intensity, his, his forechecking intensity, especially. He's the type of guy who's going to put in second and third efforts consistently. So, um, you know, he's kind of the third string out of the two, three 2005s, uh, you know, Dvorsky, uh, Sturbeck, and Day. Um, he's kind of third in that in the rankings, I would say, but um, he's still one, one guy that I would watch for uh, and, and could be worth a pick in the later rounds. Uh, indeed. Um, going forward, though, Finland, Oliver Kapanen. I mean, yeah. if you look at that team, Oliver Kapanen needs to be almost the top line center for it to work. And I don't think he is a top line center at that level. I, I, I have my doubts as well, especially with the amount of firepower that they have. Um, I've I've been pretty impressed with uh, the likes of Brad Lambert and Ville Koivinen. Um, those two, I think, are more likely to be the first-line centers for Finland. I think Kappen is going to be put in, in a defensive role again this year. It's his final year of eligibility for the World Juniors, so um, it's now or nothing to sort of show some offensive potential, and I, I just don't really see that, um, you know, in his case. Uh, so, so it's going to be sort of interesting to see how he pairs up against the second- or third-line elements on other teams and, uh, you know, how good he is on face-offs, how good he matches up defensively. Uh, I think we we all sort of know what he can bring to the game defensively, but I'm still looking to see that sort of um, untapped offensive potential that was talked about in this draft year. Um, so, so it's going to be interesting to see that. But for me, I'd almost definitely put Brad Lambert as the first-line center. Uh, I would put Villa Koivinen to his side if possible uh, and, and then play Kapanen at 2C or Alexandre Kaskimaki would be another guy I'd consider as a second-line center. I think Kapanen seems to have um, problems with his mind, uh, his yep. confidence. When he scores, he scores a lot, and then he goes mm-hmm. back and like for long periods where he doesn't score at all, and, and confidence becomes an issue. Yep. Um, and I think that's the struggles. And he's very well uh, projectable as a, as a third, fourth line center down the line. I can see mm-hmm. that, but I can't really see the the offensive numbers that he's producing right now in in Liga. I don't think that will carry through. To the same yeah. degree, obviously, yeah. Kalpa playing very well helps in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. Finland's arch enemy is always going to be Sweden for obvious reasons. Um, if you don't know the obvious reasons, make sure to study some history. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I'm I'm watching I'm looking at the uh, the lineup here, and I see that Justin has put uh, Axel Sanderson Pelika in as as. J20 National, which he is up with the SHL team already, yep. um, coming up for his draft. A um, little bit of Lane Hudson feeling to him, doesn't he? 
I mean, he is growing on me. He's growing on everyone else. He just showed up, I believe, in the top 10 or top 15 of the uh, of Elite Prospects draft rankings, the top 32. Uh, there was one scout on Twitter talking, a Swedish scout on Twitter talking about him being maybe a top three, top four, uh, you know, prospect in this draft. I'm not sure about that, but. Um, I think he's cracked my my top twenty very comfortably. I, I'm I'm I was always a fan of his, but I was always hesitant to to rank him higher just because I, I didn't really see him in any conversations as the top def- defender in this draft. I, I did see some defensive lackings, but the more I see him, the more I see a lot of intelligence and um, a lot of rush defending ability. Now in his own zone, it's a bit of a different story. I I don't feel like he picks up on threats as quickly as I would like. Um, and, and he tries to jump the zone a lot with his with his uh, his rush support. He tries to jump into rushes that haven't really materialized yet. So he's trying to think ahead. Um, but offensively, there's nothing to reproach about Axel Sandipulika. He he's I think offensively he's the best defenseman in this draft. Maybe tied with Lukas Rogasevich. I think those two are, are the two who um, have the highest offensive upside. I, I'm not sure about him being a first pair defender from uh, off bat in this um, in this tournament, but I think he could easily, very easily work his way up there. Um, when when I did the uh, when I did the projected lineups for the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast for Sweden, I had Ludwig Janssen. Um, ahead of them in in the lineup, but I think that sending Polika could very very easily um, leapfrog him in those um, in in the roster essentially and, and work his way up to the top line. Um, and I think he would complement a lot of the good offensive tools that uh, Sweden has up front uh, really well, uh, especially on the power play. Uh, you mean along with um, with uh, some guy named Engstrom? Yes, absolutely. I would I would love to see Adam Engstrom as the top air defender. I think Kali Odelius is gonna get that um uh th- that that sort of privilege, but I think that Engstrom is gonna be a very, very good uh second pair option. It could be also a guy who, you know, if Odelius isn't cutting it, if he's not, you know, up to Odelius has struggled a lot this year though. I, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if Odelius' struggles maintain themselves into the J20 level, uh, into the world juniors level, I think that uh, you could see Angstrom sort of play up there, but I, I think that Odellis has a very sort of world junior adequate game, uh, so he, he might be very sort of prepared for this level and, and might be available to to perform really well. Another draft pick coming up, and who has cracked the top three already in this <laughs> yeah. year's draft is it's um, um, I wouldn't say monster, but pretty big guy Leo Carlson. Oh, uh, he's Erdebro. he's a monster. <laughs> he, he, I mean, not not in terms of his size or his strength or any of that, but he just offensively, there's nothing he can't do. He's got every tool that you look for in a center. Um, his puck protection is excellent. He's got amazing hands for a player of his size. Uh, his shot is really good. His playmaking is so finessed. Um, he understands lanes really well. He's able to hit those lanes very quickly and accurately, and he's comfortable delaying, which is something I look for a lot in centers. If your center's pushing the pace all the time, trying to trying to burn defenders on every shift, it's not really a good sign of hockey sense. For me, the fact that Leo Carlson is comfortable hanging onto pucks, waiting for support, and not just waiting for support and then passing it to them as quickly as possible, but waiting for support and waiting for them to hit the right pockets of space for him to, to pass into. He's just so promising to me. Uh, I, you know, I still have Matvey Michkov as sort of part of that top three conversation. Uh, I think that Michkov's offensive potential is is sky high. Um, but Leo well, he's Carlson, been traded to Soki, so uh, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. Uh, but but for me, Carlson. I mean, if you get Leo Carlson a fourth overall, you're 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 laughing, you're crying. I mean, he, he's he would be a first round. He would be a first overall pick in any other draft. It's just that this year is just insanely stacked. 
Yeah, and and uh, interesting enough, you you mentioned obviously uh, Sandin Pelika, and you mentioned Carlson, both mm-hmm. coaches in in SHL has given them the leeway. They've given them, you know, room to develop and and grow into their roles. Two mm-hmm. coaches I really really respect as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so so they come highly recommended, obviously. Uh, we mentioned Adam Engstrom, who is the Montreal uh, prospect. I think he will be on that first pairing. He can mm-hmm. play both sides as well, which yep. obviously helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pro experience he's gotten from Rugler this year, where he has been one of Rugler's best defender, mm-hmm. um, is, is going to help out there as well. Um, anyone else on the Swedish team that you think would be good to look at either as a potential target for 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 a trade or a potential uh, pickup in the draft. Well, um, I think that it will be interesting to see if Sweden ever breaks up uh, the Ogren, uh, Östlund, and uh, Lekerimaki line. Um, those three together have been money at every level, except and... this fall. Yeah, no, th- this fall has been very weird, especially like Karimaki. I haven't liked his game at all. Um, I've always mentioned this as a concern of mine, but I think that like Karimaki lacks a B game. I don't think he has mm-hmm. any sort of baseline to 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 fall back to if his goal scoring isn't working. And now his goal scoring isn't working. You kind of sort of ask yourself what he brings. But um, those three have played together pretty much since I think their U seventeen mm-hmm. season, um, and a- along with actually. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, Odelius and and Engstrom let's be honest with that they they've been sort of part of that same sort of discussion um together in the lineup for a long time but I think that 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 trio has I mean you got Ogden who is a defensive monster plays off the puck really well uh, offers a lot of forechecking effort he's going to do a lot of the 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 hard work the 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 dirty work on that line then you got Lekarimaki who's a finisher and Östlund who's one of the best playmakers from his draft year so I mean you in that you've got a, a great combination of skills and it'll be interesting for me to see if they form for example Sweden's second line and and you know avoid sweden the trouble of having to think too much about their lineup one player that i've have followed for four years i think it is now is victor kanborg i'm hugely <laughs> impressed with him unfortunately we didn't draft him chicago did but maybe we can get him for a second round pick <laughs> i would be very impressed with 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 him as a i mean he's going to be the the captain on this team if i'm if i'm not if i'm not wrong so you know, he I haven't watched a lot of, of him, you know, in recent years, but I've heard a lot of very, very good things from, you know, the scouts, the Swedish scouts over at mm-hmm. Dover Prospects and from yourself, obviously. So uh, I'll, I'll keep a close eye on him at this tournament. Obviously, I have to say Swedish national Swedish national team coach now. And at that time, uh, coach for Vekhoi told me uh, four years ago that I needed to keep an eye on him. It really helps when you have someone tell you to do that. Absolutely. At that, <laughs> that level as well. Mm-hmm. Um Looking at the U.S. roster, uh, there are a few really interesting names, obviously, from from Canadians' perspective. And and let's start with that there. Yeah, so Lane Hudson, first and foremost, obviously. and um, I mean, it will be his coming out party in a way because not everyone has been able to see him. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's, it's not like Boston University games are hard to catch. I mean, Lane Hudson, he's one of only three 18-year-olds that have stuck to this lineup. Uh, the other two are Seamus Casey and Ryan Chesley, uh, both of which are playing NCAA hockey right now. Uh, Chesley is not performing offensively as well, but I think he's one of the better defensive defensemen in this lineup. 
Um, I think a pairing of Hudson and Chesley would be really fun, but that would mean that would probably be a third pair. And I, I don't want Lane Hudson anywhere near the third pair. I think that he is the type of player who's going to really thrive at this tournament. This is a tournament that values skill, that values speed um, and, and and offensive processing and, and flash and skill. I think Hudson has all of that in spades. Uh, so, you know, I, I would really like to see Hudson in a top four role, maybe with Jack Pert. Um, you know, him and Barons, him and Sean Barons are definitely not going to play together because they're two very undersized defenders. And knowing Team USA, they'll want to pair Hudson with someone who's a bit taller. Um, so I think his most likely D partners are either going to be Jack Pert or Ryan Chesley. Indeed. And um, anyone else on that team? Uh, there's a lot of draft eligibles that I really like. Gavin Brindley has grown on me a lot. Um, I caught a couple games in Wisconsin, uh, in Michigan rather, where uh, he was playing as uh, you know a top six forward in their own lineup when uh, the likes of Adam Fantilli and and Mackie Samuskevich and those guys were either ill or injured. Um, and he did really well when he was placed in a top six role. I still want to see a delay game in him. I don't think that he really sort of slows down the pace of play he's a type of player who just accelerates the place of play every time he gets a puck uh but his playmaking is outstanding he's got an underrated shot and you know for a 5'9 guy 5'9 157 pounds he can battle for pucks really really well so um i think he's going to be in my top 25 uh when the january rankings come around interesting um leaving uh the best for last and the biggest favorite for quite a few years, if I remember correctly, Canada. Um, obviously, there's some guy named Bedard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, may, some people may not have heard of him, right? Uh, but yeah. I mean, first overall pick, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I think he's got his shot rivals Austin Matthews's, and I'm not even kidding with that. He's got he's probably got the best curl and drag um, in the hockey world right now, and. You know, he is the only reason that the Regina Pats were able to put up a couple wins other than like he does have some support in Regina, but it's nowhere near what it could be. And, you know, for a, for a prospect of, you know, a draft eligible prospect to be leading the entire WHL in points, not only that, but to be dominating the way he is on every shift. I mean, I don't know if you saw that that uh, Canada Switzerland prep game, but he there was this one play where he drove the, the 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 offensive zone. He carried the puck into the offensive zone, used his crossovers, and then he he cuts behind the net and he acts as if he's going to go for a wraparound. But the last second, he reverse passes it behind his back to a wide open Shane Wright for a tap and goal. Um, so I think he and Shane Wright already have some history at this tournament and are going to be working really really well off each other. So I, I couldn't think of a better. Uh, first line center than for Team Canada. I think he's going to dominate this tournament and show show everyone once again why he's the first overall pick. Much to the demise of his teammate, Adam Fantilli, who's right now he's playing on the second line. Um, Fantilli's really good, but he had a quiet game uh, against Switzerland. But I don't expect many of those. I think Fantilli is, is almost a clear-cut second overall pick, in my opinion, uh, in this draft. And he's a power forward who's got elite playmaking, and you don't get those, you know, everywhere in, in, in the draft, you know, when you get an opportunity to draft a six two, almost 200 pound forward who can pass like nobody's business, you just jump on that opportunity. So I, I think there is even a couple teams who might have Fantilli first overall. Uh, but for me, it's Bedard clear cut hundred um, percent. The only thing that might uh, prevent him from being first is that size factor. He's five ten. What would Carlson have to do in this tournament in order to upset Fantelli as second overall? 
I unfortunately I don't think there's anything. Uh, Fantilli has, you know, Carlson has a really really interesting profile. Uh, I think he's got a lot of the elements that teams look for in a top line center, and he's definitely got that upside. But Adam Fantilli looks to me like a franchise forward. It's it's sort of the discussion like uh, McDavid and Jack Eichel in, in mm-hmm. the draft here. I don't think there's there's anyone that was able to shake those two all year. And this is no knock on Leo Carlson. I love him, and and and, and a lot of elements of his game are really pro ready uh, already at the at Well, he is playing pro. Exactly, and and you know it, it's for good reason. It's not he doesn't seem out of place ever. He's dominating the SHL, but Fantilli is just on another in another in another stratosphere in terms of skill set. I don't think there's anyone that comes near him. Interesting. And you've been listening to Hadi Kalakesh. You find him at Locked On NHL Prospects. Sometimes mm-hmm. speaking about shitty prospects, other teams. <laughs> sometimes yeah. speaking about very good prospects, our team. Uh, you also find him on Eyes on the Prize. You find him on your YouTube channel as well. You want to yep. give it a shout out? Of course. Hadi Kalakesh, NHL Draft Scouting. I haven't posted in a while, mainly because the podcast is a five-day-a-week thing. It's a lot of work, but uh, I, I will find opportunities to, to throw in updates about Yuri Slavkovsky, about some of our prospects all over North America. And you can find me on Twitter at Hattie K underscore scouting. You should invite some guests to your podcast, Hattie. It helps out. Oh, Trust me, abs- I know. <laughs> absolutely. You know what? We'll, we'll talk about that post-recording here. <laughs> You've been listening to Hudson's Minded, one of the last podcasts this year before the World Juniors. We're going to be have a few updates during the World Juniors as well. Thank you guys for listening. 